Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, if we went home now, it would have been good to come. But you uh, you got up, washed your face, and got dressed. You might as well get the whole thing. You might as, might as well, might as, while you're here, go to uh, 1 Corinthians 3, please. 1 Corinthians 3. We began last week a a new series. Three people happy about it. <laughs> now, y'all looking for the verse, right? I, I, know, I know, I know. And the title of the series is The God of Increase. The God of Increase. And... Uh, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm stirred about it. And, and I'm, I'm, we're already going a different, little different direction than I thought. And I can sense it is connected to our own stepping up to another level. You believe that? Anybody bear witness that God's ready for us to step up to a, another you know, with him, he's the God of what? Increase. Well, that's not the God of decrease. Going down, going back. He, neither is he the God of staying the same. He's not the God of the status quo. <laughs> he's the God of more. More and more, which is one of, one of our verses here. So, 1 Corinthians 3, and uh, in verse... Six, he said, uh, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And you know, you, you always want to remember that. You, you think, well, yeah, we know that. Nah. You, you can get away from it. For instance, prayer. Prayer's good and right. Prayer's necessary. But when miracles happen and answers come, you don't give the glory to the prayer. Y'all with me? Oh, we prayed, we prayed. We, yeah, okay, but you didn't make it happen. You're to be commended that you prayed. But God made it happen. Is that right? So don't give all the glory to the prayer and how you prayed and how hard you prayed and how long you prayed. Because with all that, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. You asked him to do it. And he did it. So he gets the glory. Amen. Not you. Amen. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Verse 7, so is neither is he that plants anything or he that waters, but God that gives the increase. Said out loud, God gives the increase. We're used to it, but it's, it's connected to seed and, and uh, then multiplication of the seed. There was a time when there were only two human beings on this planet. Two. Two. Now there are billions. You know why? 
Because God is the God of increase. Huh? And even when uh, the Lord started over with Noah and the ark, there were a lot of the animals there. There were only two of them. Now, some of the birds, you know, there are a few more of them. But even that, there were only, you know, a few pair. And now there are billions of birds and fowl and millions of, why? Increase. God multiplies the seed sown. The the miracle of uh, the blessing is in the multiplication of the seed. Now we're used to it. We take it for granted. But while you're eating today. Huh? While you're eating. You want to just lift a hand and thank God. That there's seed. And God multiplied that seed. Right? And you got something to eat. And that's how everything On this planet works. Everything. Spiritually and naturally. Everything works that way. Isn't that what the the scripture said? God said, you know, uh, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that, one translation says, that and that only, is what you will reap. You don't sow watermelon. And reap peaches. Ever. It's never going to happen. Huh? And uh, any area of your life or existence that you are deficient in, you want to immediately check up on your sowing. Not just money now. Everything. Let's say, well, nobody will be my friend. Well, what kind of friend are you? What kind of friendship do you say? Well, people won't be loyal to me. Are you loyal? Do you sow loyalty and commitment? You see what I'm saying? Every, any area, any area, instead of just fussing about what you don't have, you want to look, okay, I need to sow. I need to be that. Right? And if you sow it, God's not mocked. (laughs) People look at that only in a bad way, but no. People say, you, you're going to reap what you sow. Well, in a lot of cases, I'd go, hallelujah. I've sown some good stuff. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> in Psalm 115, you don't have to turn there. They'll put it up on the screen. Psalm 115, 12. The Lord's been mindful of us. Do you know the Lord had you on his mind? This is astounding, is what this is, because because of the size of the universe and because of how many billions of people are on the planet, you might assume God God made this, he gave it a spin, and he might check in on it once in a while, but he's just kind of too big to be bothered. But it's not true. Do you know? He knows the exact current count of the hairs on your head you should go wow my head 
Do you know how many hairs on your head? No, you don't. That means he cares more about you than you do. He keeps up with things you don't even keep up with. Said he's mindful of us. And what, what did he have on his mind? Blessing. He will bless us. He'll bless the house of Israel. He'll bless the house of Aaron. He'll bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. It just sounds like he's a blessing God. He'll bless you when you go out. He'll bless you when you come in. He'll bless you in your basket. Bless you in your store. Somebody say, he's a blessing God. He's a good God. He's the God of increase. You could not know too much about this. He'll bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Well, man, that's everybody that will show him any respect. That's everybody. And then he goes on to say, the Lord shall increase you more and more. More and more. Where's the end of more and more? Here's some more. Here's some more. That's it. No. More, more and more, there's no end. There's no end. So God always, his plan is always more of every good thing. Always more. More revelation. More light. More faith. More strength. More healings. More miracles. More people saved. More people filled with the Spirit. Is that right? More good ministries. More good churches. More good mission work. Is that right? More people helped. Spiritually and naturally. Somebody say more. 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 What will God's will be for you every day of your life, every year of your life, every season of your life? What, what can you know with even having to try to figure it out? God's will for, say it out, God's will for me is more. Always. More and more. He said, the Lord will increase you. More and more, you and your children, you are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth, God's got so much. He gave us a planet. He said, here, enjoy yourself. The earth has he given to the children of men. Sadly, men bowed their knee to the devil. And he is called the God of this world now. But that's very, very temporary. Go with me to John, please, the the 12th chapter. Now, in talking about this, I said the the Lord is already, I thought I was going, I already had notes on lesson two, three, and four. (laughs) 
And as I'm diving off into the Lord, I said, whoop, 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 whoop. Look here. And um, in order to, um, to, to embrace this like we should and have it manifest in our life like it's supposed to be, you actually have to overcome wrong thinking, wrong teaching, wrong teaching from the church. And, and we've touched on the passages I'm going to look at in just a minute. We're going to look at together. But the Lord dealt with me, no, you, you haven't seen how serious this is. And he took me back to it. And, and this whole past week, I've been, I've been looking at it and thinking about it. And, and every once in a while, I'd sit back and go, wow, whoa, I did not. Yes, Lord, I did not see how serious that is. Have you... Uh, You've read, the Bible talks about how subtle the enemy is. Subtle means not obvious. He's hidden. He's so tricky. He's so slick. And he is the most religious thing you have ever come across. Not godly now, but religious. And he's always, uh, and, and sadly, all too successfully. Getting people, getting Christians to substitute religious ideas instead of the Word of God. That's how he steals from people. Because if he can't get you off the Word, he can't stop the Word. If you'll believe the Word and obey the Word to stop that, he'd have to stop what God has said and done. And he can't do that. He cannot. He can't stop you. If you're obeying God and doing what he said, believing what he said. But there is so much religious junk. And and people will take a piece of a scripture here and twist it and a piece here and make it say something it didn't say and substitute that instead of truth. Because what will the truth do for you, child of God? It'll set you free. So the devil will do anything he can to keep you away from the truth. And what, and if he knows you won't stop looking for it, he'll try to give you, slip you a substitute so that you think it's truth, but it's not. And that's also why you better read your chapter. You know what I'm talking about? All of us here in the Faith Life family, we, we, we read the word together. We read a chapter every day. And you you need to at least do that. Why? Because the more ignorant you are of the written word, the easier you are to deceive. You won't recognize it. But the more word you have in you, when something comes, you go, well, hold up, hold up. That can't be right because this says this. That can't be right. But And this is not something you can just entrust to your your relatives that you think are spiritual, your mom or your wife or grandma or your pastor, you better get some word in yourself so that you can have some discernment. So it's not, it's not too late. Now join us. Go out there to the info area. We got the little Bible cards. There's no cost, no charge for them. Join us. Start reading that chapter every day, at least that. And it'll, it'll build your faith. So go to John 12. Are you going there? Did you get there? 
The Lord quickened this account to me. We referred to it at the end of last Sunday's message. But uh, it's such a big thing. This is recorded in some detail in three of the gospel accounts. John, Mark, and Matthew. And we may read every one of them. Because it's a big deal. All the scriptures are a big deal. What I'm saying is this is a big deal relative to this series. You got to get rid of the the stinking thinking. You got to huh? You got to get rid of the the junk because it can block you. It can stand in your way. And uh, you remember what Jesus said? He said, uh, uh, "You've made the word of God of none effect by your traditions." They had replaced, thus saith the Lord, with stuff they had come up with. They taught that like it was scripture. And uh, don't think it's impossible for you to have some of that. Do not think that. Go ahead, pray a prayer. Say, Father God. Thank you for opening my eyes. Show me anything I've thought was you, but is not you. Any of man's ideas, religious ideas, traditions that are contrary to what you have said and who you are. I want to see it. I ask for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. John 12. It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Now, it's important to see where this is in the what happened with Jesus. This is right before what we call the Last Supper. And right before Jesus goes to the cross. This, this is the very end of his uh, earthly ministry and life. I mean, he's, at this point, he's hours away. And he has uh, one nice last fellowship meal with his friends. And this is right before what we call the Last Supper, just with the, the Twelve. And obviously some of his close friends uh, is Lazarus and Mary and Martha and others here in the town of Bethany. And the Bible said that uh, they made him a supper. Now it's easy to look at these things like they are nothing like what we have and do, but they are a whole lot like what we do. Right? They had him a supper. Now the thing is, um, the leaders of the Jews, the chief priests and what have you, they, they had already made the decision to kill him at this time. And they were looking at how to do it. And they, there had already been what you might call some close calls with them trying to take him and stuff before. So for him to come to town 
and be a part of the supper, you know, you'd, from the natural point, you'd say it's risky. But he did, he's led by the Spirit. Is that right? So he's always the right place at the right time. And uh, today or, or tonight, this evening, whatever, to, is, the, is the right time for some food and fellowship with friends. And so they made him a supper. And guess who was cooking? Martha. Now, if you hadn't had one of Martha's casseroles, <laughs> you ain't had a casserole. <laughs> and biscuits so fluffy, you have to put a lid on them to keep them from floating off the plate. I mean, <laughs> now I might be exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> Don't you think it's interesting, though, that we, we're given a little insight. You know, Martha was the one that came and uh, earlier, you know, in the uh, accounts of, um, and this had been some time before, and said, won't you tell my sister to come help me in? But, you know, and, and so she was a little caught, too caught up in all of the serving. But at the same time, somebody's got to do something. Is that right? People are hungry. somebody got to eat. And so I, I think... Uh, from all accounts, uh, well, Jesus is here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there are other places he could have gone. And he's here. And Martha's in charge of the, the vittles, the grocers. And so uh, Lazarus is sitting at the table. Not too many days ago. His body was rotten, rotting in a grave. And the boy's sitting up here at the table laughing. Is that right? These are good times. These are, the, and what you're going to see is this is a special time. This is a really special time. Lazarus is one of them that's sitting there. You know, this was... Lazarus uh, being raised from the dead and he being healed was such a big deal. Everybody knew about it. And and people were coming over to believing in Jesus by numbers because of Lazarus. It was such a big deal that the chief priest uh, had decided to put out a hit on Lazarus. Yeah, they're going to kill him. Take him out. The boy had just been raised from the dead not long ago. Right. Ain't got preachers trying to kill him. Yeah. Why? Because it messed up their doctrine. Right. Messed up their doctrine. And they thought threatened their control. And the devil is the controlling fanatic. So keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 3. Mary took a pound of ointment of spikenard. Now, it's interesting how you have to read every one of these accounts to get the whole story. This is only one that says how much it was. It was a pound. A pound. Of ointment of spikenard. Now, this would have been imported. Possibly from as far away as the Himalayas. 
You talk about exotic. And it was hermetically sealed in a stone box so that it wouldn't uh, go bad. It's sealed in a translucent white stone box container. And this would this could have been an heirloom that her grandmother passed to her mother, that passed to her. And other scriptures talk about how expensive it was. Here it says very costly. How many know the Bible does not exaggerate? Yeah. If it's very costly, this you did not go buy this for ten dollars at the dollar store, right? You couldn't get it for a hundred dollars at Walmart. I mean, this from all accounts. It was at least $30,000. You might say, well, you know, that's not crazy. No, you don't know how much 30000 could buy back then. Very expensive. And so she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Now, you'll see the other counts talk about anointing his head. And sometimes people say, well, see there, there's an error in there. No, you just found something you don't know. You don't understand. She broke the box. The whole pound came on his head. Well, that kind of reminds you of the psalm that talks about the ointment that flowed from the top to the robes. Is that right? All the way to the feet. I mean, some of this could have very well got on his feet. Is that especially if he was sitting? And so instead of running to get a rough towel or something, in an act of humility and deference, she bent down and took her long hair and wiped it off. And the Bible said the house was filled with the odor. We don't use that word so much. It means fragrance. With the fragrance, the aroma of the, the house was filled with, reckon there's any spiritual connotation here. I mean, the essence of it, the smell of it, the feel of it, the glory of it, the beauty, it just, it just filled the whole, somebody say special, spe- this is a special time and a special situation. Verse 4. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, you know, everything so great, everything so beautiful, wonderful, somebody's going to mess it up. Huh? Somebody's got to get a burr under their saddle. Huh? Huh? Everybody's happy. Everybody's enjoying. Is that right? You, you're full of casserole and biscuits. <laughs> Cobbler. Now you're almost high from this perfume. <laughs> Whoa. And you got Lazarus that used to be dancing at the table. You got Jesus at the head of the table over here. Peter, James, and John, and man, we we having a we having a night. Somebody got to come on. Wow! What a waste! What a waste! 
What a waste. Now think about the arrogance and the mindset for you to even speak up and say anything. It ain't your house. It ain't your dinner. Wasn't your ointment. Is that right? Ain't your feet. Ain't your head. Is that right? You're not the head of the ministry around here. What's See, this, this alone tells you something's way off. Why would you think you'd have the right to speak up? Even if you had some thoughts. Who, who are you? Everybody's having a good time? And you are going to correct everybody in the room? Including the woman that just gave maybe one of the biggest gifts she ever gave. Including Jesus sitting there. Because without saying it, he's saying Jesus shouldn't have let her do that. He shouldn't have received that. Should have been spent on something else. Now, are you with me as to why we're talking about this? Read the next phrase. Why was this ointment not sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This should have been sold. Now that's how that 300 pence is how we get to that $30,000 or so. It would have been uh, almost approaching, well, I might, what, three-fourths of a year's skilled labor wages so, yeah, it's got to be somewhere in that neighborhood. And he said, why wasn't it sold? Well, what's it to you? What's it to you? It was never yours to sell. Right? What you'll see here is covetousness, which is idolatry, which is evil. And the other accounts say, why, why was this wasted? It was wasted. Wasted on what? Wasted on Jesus. Wasted on the ministry. Wasted. And you know what? what's even sadder is the other disciples got caught up in this. You'll see this in Mark and Matthew's account of the other disciples. Went, yeah, yeah. That should no, this is a waste. This is a waste. This is the thing I'm talking about that the Lord prompted me. You got to get on this and you got to camp on this. Because much of the church still has this thinking. And they don't realize how ungodly it is. Actually, how evil it is. It is. I know uh, uh, Mike, Mike, wave your hand. Uh, Mike and I fly together. Uh, a while back he was talking to somebody and something came up about uh, this, this could have been sold and given to the poor. And Mike told the man, he said, well, uh, uh, Jesus didn't say that. Judas Iscariot said that. And the guy was shocked. He was shocked. He was like, huh? What? No, you know, Jesus said that. No, he didn't. <laughs> but now, that is a tradition 
that people have kind of gotten used to and, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want to waste it. Waste it. And see, this, this is such a, uh, such a perfect example, and of course it would be being the Word of God, is that once you break the seal on the box, it's gone. Is that right? And it's only good for, at the most, a few hours. Huh? And that would be a lot of people's definition of blowing money. Wasting money. You mean crack? Drip, drip? Whoo! <laughs> and tomorrow, people still hungry? Huh? Mission work. How, how much mission work could you have funded with $30,000? How many people could you have? You see, I, I see people all around going, well, yeah, yeah. You're agreeing with Judas if you think that way. And you're not agreeing with Jesus. Jesus corrected him, actually rebuked him, and confirmed what the woman did. Now, now don't misunderstand me. There are preachers who've actually abused this passage and said, yeah, go find the most expensive thing you have and come give it. And tried to guilt people about it if they didn't. But that'd be the guilt is the complete opposite of this. This is honor. Nobody made her do this. Nobody asked her for this. Huh? Jesus did not ask her to come give the most expensive thing she had. He did not say one word about this. This was not his idea. Is that right? So people telling you, you should go get it and you should go do it and be ashamed if you don't. That's not God. That's not God. That's wrong. Because if it's not from a a glad, willing, want to do it heart, there's no honor in it. And if there's no honor in it, then it was a waste. Hmm? If there was no honor in it, it was a waste. But Jesus says it wasn't a waste. It wasn't a waste. Keep reading. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? I want you to to, to let that register on you strong. Why wasn't this sold and given to the poor? Why did they spend all that money on that? They could have given that to the poor. Who said it? Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Who said it? Huh? How many commands are there? About not wasting money. Ten commandments. Anything about it in there? Huh? Thou shalt not waste. Huh? Is that one of the ten? Let's go through them. Help me out. You'll have no other gods before me. No, no, no about money in there. 
Don't make any graven images. Yeah, nothing about money in there. You don't use the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Yeah. Honor your father and mother. Help me out. Keep going. Huh? Yeah, that's the last one. Uh, don't don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't commit adultery. And don't covet. Nothing in there about don't waste that money. <laughs> huh? Nothing. Nothing. And uh, any of the statutes or ordinances that you want to search and search. There's nothing about don't waste that money. Better save that money. Whoo, don't waste the money. I mean, don't waste a dollar. And as far as I know, there will be no reward at all for saving money. Do we need mind renewal about this? Do you know why people get so upset about money? Because they care too much about money. Without exception. I mean, now now people don't like that, to be that that clear. But if you didn't care about the money, you wouldn't care who had it or what they did with it. You wouldn't care. Why does Judas, why is he worked up about this? Why does he care? Because it could have helped the poor. See, this was a trick of the devil then. It's a trick of the devil now. Hollering about the poor. The poor. Because, of course, that's the most... Helping the poor is far more important than smelling good for a couple of hours. Right? Not according to Jesus. Yes, according to Judas. Right. But not according to to Jesus. Now, I refer you to last week's message. We found out God is the also God. Right? He can do more than one thing. He, He can help you have a nice evening and help the poor too. It's not an either or with him. And the thing is, we need revelation of how God sees this thing. Do you know how much money means to God? He creates planets and stars. He created the gold and the silver that some of the currency was supposed to be a long time ago. Based on, he even created the paper that the stuff is printed on. Do you think... He's going to get worked up over some money. Money? To him, it's such a tiny, tiny thing. I know we need some to live and operate, but no, no commands about saving the money. No ordinances or statutes about don't waste that money. And yet, I know Brother Kenneth Copeland, he said, uh, he said, uh, this was decades ago now. 
He said he heard somebody keep saying, you know, boy, they bought the cheaper carpet and saved the Lord some money. And they got a used piano, saved the Lord some money. And then they did this and saved the Lord some more money. And then they, and he said, the Lord, not a voice, but inside him, he said, the Lord said, now when am I going to get that money that they're, that they're saving for me? <laughs> Do you know the answer to that? Never. Never. So that's a lie. They did not save the Lord money for him. That's a lie. That's a lie. What you will find is that everything down here monetarily and materially is like a gallon of milk. It's got a shelf life. Are you all with me? Yeah. It's got a use before date. And I mean everything. That includes vehicles and houses and buildings and even the land is sitting on. There's coming a time when all of this is going away. And so the only real value in money and things is not just the owning of it, especially not the amassing of it. It's the use, the use of it. And if you can't use it to some benefit, then ultimately it'll be worthless. And a lot of stuff, if you wait too long, it'll rust, it'll wear out, it'll lose half its value. And so the thing is, you need to be on watch every day about anything in your possession because it's on the clock. As to whether it's even going to be any good. Next year. Next ten years. And uh, people say. Well you you can't take it with you. And one sense is true. You cannot take. Like one person said. You never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul. There's no point. But the thing is. There is a way you can take it with you. By investing. Into people. Helping people in need, helping preach the gospel, doing what the Lord shows you to do. The Bible said, your works follow you. Woo! And Jesus said, don't store it up down here where thieves can steal it and it wears out and moth corrupts and it rusts. Lay it up in heaven where nobody can touch it, where it's secure. So there really is a way. That you can take a lot with you, but not if you hold on to it and squeeze it. It's only if you use it. Oh, somebody say use it, use it, use it. It's like saving the good china. I've seen people, you know, that china has been sitting in the cupboard. Is that right? For 40 years. And if you say something, well, hey, you know. Uh, it's kind of a special day. Let's pull the good. Oh, no, no. We got to save that. Who are we saving it for? Somebody that may despise the pattern? Somebody that after you're gone may put it in a box and shove it in the room. Nobody ever see it again. Or, or even just give it to somebody to get it gone. Or No, dear heart. Honey child. You best use it. Are y'all with me or not? You, I'm not talking about just be dumb about stuff, but use stuff. The only real 
uh, purpose of anything or money is to be used. Use it. And you don't want something just sitting in your closets or, or whatever for years and years and years. Uh, somebody else could be enjoying that too. You know, look, look around. See, does the Lord want you to sow it? What does he want you to do? How do we get into all of that? Now, verse 5. Why wasn't this ointment sold? For all this money, $30,000, and given to the poor. Do you know how many people that will, yeah, and it's not your money. It never was your money. So why are you talking about it? Judah should have never opened his mouth here. It was nothing to him. It was never his. Why is he upset about it? Come on, answer this question. Now, you, you got to get this or we won't get rid of this, this wrong thinking. Why does he care so much? Keep reading. This he said. Not that he cared for the poor. <laughs> He's a hypocrite. Why? Because he was a what? What does a thief do? Steal. He's Jesus' treasurer. Jesus' treasurer. He carries the money. He's in charge of the money. Jesus put Judas in charge of the money. <laughs> you might think, whoo, isn't that a bad move? Judas was not always like this. Mm -mm. In the beginning of their ministry, it was a different time. It was a, he, was, he was different. And uh, they must have had some money. If you read other parts of the accounts, you'll find that they frequently gave to people in need. This was just a regular thing with them, among other things. And they gave, obviously, in the temple and those kind of things. And you know, if you only got $5 in the bag and somebody takes a dollar, you're going to know. Somebody said, oh, no, yesterday we had five bucks in there. Is that right? Yeah, but there's only three today. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You got, they had to have enough to take, for, for all these guys and their families to be taken care of when they're on the road full time and they're giving to other people and they're giving in the synagogue and for um, Judas to be siphoning funds off for his personal use and they had enough to cover all that and you wouldn't even notice it. So Jesus was not homeless in the sense that people try to say he didn't own a bunch of property. He didn't need it. But he always had a place to stay. Always had food to eat. Always had nice clothes to wear. Really nice. They were so nice the soldiers wouldn't split them or, or try to divide them or tear them. They were custom made. And uh, people don't believe that about Jesus. They want to make Jesus a pauper. And they want to make Jesus 
somebody who just despises spending much. And they want to make God that way because they are small-minded and that's all they can see and that's all they can think. And they're trying to make God like themselves. But God's not small. I said God's not small. God is huge, hugeamous, magnificent. I mean, God, God, are you, what's a million dollars to God? What's a trillion dollars to God? I'm telling you, he's a big God. So quit trying to make him tight and little and stingy and thinking he's so upset because somebody might have uh, spent too much or uh, it was $5 over. Are you joking? Are you joking? He's No. No, there's no commands about saving the money. No rewards about saving the money. <laughs> I know I was seeking the Lord one time about some things ministry and and uh, it seemed like a big price of trying to do something. Of course, you know, when it seems like a big price, all that showed you was your small faith. <laughs> because God never thinks it's a big price. You can't come up with a figure that makes God go, whoa. <laughs> Won't happen. Can't, can't happen. And so I was asking, I said, well, Lord, should I... Uh, should I believe for this? It's, it's, it seems like a lot. And I don't mean to heard a voice audibly, but inside me. He said, son, I don't care how much it costs. Just get the job done. Now, what if somebody was a multi-multi-billionaire and they wanted you to do something and you're quibbling whether you'll do it or not over a couple of hundred dollars? Is that something they might say to you? Look. I don't care if it costs an extra thing. Just get the job. Well, God ain't no multi-billionaire. He ain't no multi-trillionaire. He's multi-star system there. <laughs> we, we don't even have a clue how many precious, how much precious metals you're talking about in all these planets and stars. I mean... We have not a clue. I, was, I thought it was interesting a while back. They got a new telescope that they got up and they decided to point it towards an empty area of space that they didn't think there was much out there. And it was like the whole thing would just fall. And they're like, oh, <laughs> we've barely seen out of our backyard. We, we, we don't know. But one thing you can know and get forever settled, God's not upset. Huh? This could have been sold and given to the poor, and he didn't even care about the poor. He's saying that, but he's a liar. He, he is. He, why? Because he knows it doesn't sound good to go get the money in the bag. Get the money in the bag. Because you get the money in the bag, I can get the money. You get the money in the bag, sell it. Get the money in the bag. No, no. Everybody at the table look at you and go, you rascal. So, so what do you say? The poor. We need to help the poor. And the rest of the disciples got sucked into it. They're like, yeah. This was a waste. 
It wasn't a waste. It was a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. Where'd my time go? <laughs> this is point one. <laughs> Can you come back next week? So I think I think we're gonna need to. My 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 my. He uh, he was a thief. He didn't care about the poor. He was a thief and had to bag and bear, or as some translations say, pilfered what was put therein. Then said Jesus, this was a waste. This could have been sold and given to the poor are not the words of Jesus. They're the words of a liar and a thief and a traitor. Judas. What did Jesus say? Leave her alone. Now I think when Jesus spoke, it, it had an impact. Huh? And he heard all that he wanted to hear. And he spoke up. He said, leave her alone. So that was all Judas had to say probably the rest of the night. On that. And the other guys went, ooh, okay. Help me out. What did Jesus say? What a waste. This could have been sold, given to the poor. What did he say? Leave her alone. So why don't folks leave us alone? Leave you alone. What's it to you? Why do people so care, care so much about the money you're spending or giving? Or not? Why? They don't care about you. They don't care about the poor. You know what they care about? That money. It's covetousness. Pure and simple. Never underestimate the love of money. It is, you know, Cain killed his brother, only brother, over money, over an offering. Is that right? Judas sold out the Prince of Peace. The spotless lamb of God for 30 pitiful little pieces of silver. And so when people are talking like that, oh, what a waste. Oh, this should have been sold and given to the poor. You better take a step back. Because that's somebody that cares more about money than they do you. And they will sell you out for a piddly sum. At the very least, at the very least. Just common courtesy and respect would say, hey, it's your money. Right? Just, just common courtesy and respect is go, well, hey, it never was my money. It's your money. If you want to say, well, I wouldn't do that, but, well, yeah, but it's not yours. And what did Jesus say about this thing? Leave her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. Now, I don't think she knew that. But he's saying, this is significant. I'm real close to the body being buried, you know, in that tomb. And that was a custom that they would anoint the bodies after they were dead. She's just doing it early. She didn't know it. 
Somebody say, it was a beautiful thing. It was an honor thing. It was a value thing. You know one of the most astounding things about it? Do you know how long ago that happened? Huh? Centuries and centuries and centuries ago in a little town in Bethany. What else do you know about a supper that happened there all these centuries ago? And we're still talking about it because Jesus said everywhere this gospel is preached, this that this woman has done is going to be told. That's how much he thought of it, and that's how much he wanted us to know the difference between waste and worthy. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Can we get our minds renewed? Can we we get to thinking right about these things? Yes. Yes. Jesus said, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor... Always you have with you. Now see, he knew. He knew. Uh, Judas is not serious about caring about the poor. He knew it. And yet, he's got to say words that answer all the questions for the next millennia. That deal and cover everything. And what's he said? Yes, it's good to help people in need. And you can help them. Anytime you get ready to. But that doesn't mean, I'm paraphrasing now, that this woman's done anything wrong. And what she has done, he called it a good thing. He said, me, you don't have always. Well, they didn't have him for hardly any days longer. They were right at the very end. Now, what we're seeing here is that Judas was saying... The poor would have been a legitimate, worthy use of the money, but not on the minister, not on the ministry. Yet you're never going to convince Mary of that because her brother that was dead is sitting at the table right there. Is that right? And actually, the house they're in was called Simon the leper's house. Well, if he'd have really still been a leper, they couldn't have gone there to eat because of Jewish law. So in all accounts, he used to be Simon, the leper that Jesus healed. Come on down with Well, you read the accounts that there were thousands and thousands healed and delivered. And so he's back in a town where they've had some amazing meetings and, and healings and things. And, and everybody's so thankful. And you know, they pulled out the good china that night. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They killed the fatted calf. I mean, they went all out. This, this, right? And they're sitting there and they're so happy. And Martha and Mary see their brother sitting there laughing and, and healthy. And they're looking at Jesus. And Jesus is just so wonderful. And she's thinking, I just, I just, I just want to do something. I want to. And then she thought about that box. Or. More likely, she had planned it. But she's thinking, ah, okay, okay. She went and got the box. And it was a special thing. A special time. What, what, what was she saying with the act? This is an expensive thing. 
This is an expensive thing. But what's worth more to me than a thousand of these combined? Is that right? Is who? Didn't the Bible say how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the good news? That's why she wind up wiping his feet with her head. She she said, "This is this is expensive, but this is without price." Is that right? Pop. Is that right? And so what you see is what you value and what you value most. Now what Judas was saying, and actually it was the enemy who inspired him. Uh, Just a few verses later in some of these passages, it said Satan entered into him, into Judas. Which is why that that the phrases that he said and those thoughts are still with us generations later because they're not just the idea, idle ramblings of a man. It was inspired from hell. It was inspired by the devil himself. And so what people are saying, and you'll see this, people say, well, you know, isn't that crazy? They'd spend all those money on those big buildings. They spend all that money on, on the TV. They spend the internet. They spend all those money on, on all those things. And, and that could have been given to the poor. Because to them, the only legitimate use of religious funds would be to help somebody in material need. Because they don't even acknowledge the spirit man at all. Or that you're lost or need to be saved. You understand what I'm saying? That's the only thing they say there's any real value in. So everything else, what I'm doing right now, they would call a total waste of time. Which is why they don't come. But you're here. Because you know better. You know God that without Jesus, people are lost and headed for hell. But by the, what people call the foolishness of preaching, God has ordained that men be saved. And you can't be saved without the gospel. And you can't be saved without the preaching. So there is nothing more valuable going on on the planet. Is that right? Than the preaching of the gospel around the world and the founding and building of churches where people can grow up. In the things of God. There's nothing more important. Happening on the planet. Now one of the things people get. About as mad about as anything. Is if an airplane is involved. Oh. 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 Now you're talking about waste. Oh. 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 <laughs> uh, this, this must have been 20 years ago now. Uh, Jesse Duplantis and Kathy and my wife Phyllis and I, we're friends. We've been friends a long time. Uh, we're low-maintenance friends. What do I mean by that? We might not see each other for six months. And we don't get mad at each other. Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you text me? Not at all. But when we see each other, it's like... We've been together all year, you know, enjoy a good meal, and then poop, we're gone busy again. That's a good friend, is a low-maintenance friend. You ain't called me in six weeks. I mean, you don't like me anymore. Come on, you need, you need to grow up. <laughs> How'd we get into that? But anyway, they had been believing... For a mid-sized airplane. 
Now, now, Jesse travels. I mean, he barely lets them cool off, buddy. I mean, he, he keeps that thing moving. And uh, there's, there's never been a better use for an airplane than to preach the gospel. Just a machine. But he, uh, they've been believing they had a little one. They've been believing for one that could go further and carry more and that kind of thing. And they got a, a Falcon 50. And it was a mid-size and it would go coast to coast. And, but now it was, it was 20 years old. But it was in good shape. And they were so glad to get it. And he said, we're going to be coming close by. Can we stop at the airport? Can you come see it? Pray over it with us. And we said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we show up up at the airport near, near here. I won't say where. And uh, uh, they flew in and uh, we got on board with them. And we're, they're ecstatic. We're ecstatic, you know, that God would be so good to you. And, uh, is God a big God or not? See? And so uh, we, we're, uh, we're sitting in there and praying over it and asking God to show them how to use it and keep them safe and all those kind of things. And, and, and I come out and, and one of the line guys, and, and there are people that meet the plane, fuel the plane. And one of the line guys was there and he knew me and he knew Jesse. And boy, he, he had greeted us and he was happy when we came in. But when I came out of the door, man, he's red in the face. He's something going on. And, and I came down. He, he said, uh, Brother Keith, I think I'm going to go pop those guys. I said, what? What? He pointed over there and there were some guys over there kind of looking at us and pointing and laughing. He said, they're, they're mocking you and Brother Jesse and saying, what in the world does a preacher need with an airplane? And what, you know, what a waste and how disgusted they were and, and, and all like that. He said, he said, they ought not say such things. He said, I think I'm just going to pop them. <laughs> and we had to talk him down. I said, no. I said, popping him is not going to help anything. Then, then you got another problem. How I many of the popping cause another problem? And, no. And, and I said something that to this day has been revelation. It just came right up out of my spirit. I said, No. I said, they just, they see no value in what we do. I had never thought that or said that exactly like that before. It just came right up out of my spirit. They see, why would they say, that should have been given to the poor. Why? Because that does some good. But this, preachers flying around preaching, what a waste. So they, they, they see no value in what we do, which means they're blind. They don't see because Jesus said it's all value. And that's what they were saying with Jesus. He was saying that was wasted on Jesus. How's it possible to waste anything on Jesus? No. But this kind of thinking is so ingrained in the church that when amounts begin to get bigger, or things begin to get beyond the common, people start choking. Yeah, you, you could have used that for this. You could, you could have used that for this. He's an also God. You believe it or not? He's an also God. He can do all three. He can do all three hundred and three. Is that right? That is not the limiting factor. But what you value is. 
And he said, you can, you can help the poor anytime you want. What they're saying was the ministry was not important. Only the poor were important. And Jesus corrected them and said no. And, and he even revealed that the poor were not more important than the ministry. Helping the poor is important, but not more important than helping the ministry. Is that right? When I say the ministry, I'm talking about the whole thing. The churches, preaching of the gospel, because Jesus. Somebody said, yeah, but, but that's Jesus, Brother Keith. I know, and he taught us to follow his example. It, it would have been the perfect place to say, oh, my word, woman, what did you do? Haven't I taught you better than this? No. He said, she has done a beautiful thing here. She's done a good thing for me. Honor. Oh, somebody say honor. It wasn't just in the money. It wasn't just in the thing. It was in the heart. It was in the honor. And she used that to help express what was in her heart. And Jesus saw to it that we're still talking about it today. All these years later. Stand on your feet, everybody.